Welcome to the Elephant on the Couch, where we're finally addressing what makes us uncomfortable. This is a judgment-free space designed to finally help the elephant in the room get on the couch and start the conversation. So join us. Let's get that elephant on the couch and let's get uncomfortable. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elephant on the Couch. I am your host, Tanya. And I am your co-host, Dulce. So today we're going to be talking all about toxicity. Don't you know that we're toxic? <laughs> I was really rehearsing that, y'all. Like I was waiting for you to finish. I mm-hmm. took a break and then I did it. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> and dive right into the singing. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to shine. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> Again, going back to the, all those years of those bailables and performances back in middle school. And You're welcome. School, they paid off. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> so what does it mean to be toxic? We are going to be talking about how you can identify someone that's toxic in your life. How do you feel? Are you toxic? And what to do about it? So let's dive right in. As far as definitions for toxic people, um, I went online and did a little bit of actual research. And according to the dictionary, it is anyone who is abusive, unsupportive, or unhealthy emotionally, someone who basically brings you down more than up. Yeah. That is the actual definition on the dictionary. And by and by uh, research, she doesn't actually mean like full blown PhD research. She means we googled no. it. <laughs> yes, that is the extent of my research. I'm like, let me Google this real quick. Well, one fun fact that I found is that actually the word toxic was word of the year in 2018. Hello, and people. yeah, I think like toxic was brought up before it got trendy as like something that's poisonous um but it really took off into the raw like realm royal realm of metaphor and so people actually use it for workplaces schools cultures relationships stress etc etc so pretty much anything that kills you anything that's poisonous because not every poison is killing you like alcohol slowly Slowly, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not an alcoholic. (laughs) No. And we do acknowledge that this isn't like a clinical medical term. The the term being toxic, like you said, it's more like a trendy slang word that took off to define this type of personality. So we do acknowledge this isn't like a medical DSM definition. Right. There's definitely not a diagnosis for toxicity. Guys, I'm so proud of toxicity. (laughs) I can say the word. (laughs) I know. Look at you. I know. You just keep shining today. I know. I'm just bright like a diamond. (laughs) Shine bright like a diamond. So so let's go right into this and talk about ourselves have you ever been toxic? Have I been toxic? I'm going to start by saying full disclosure. I was sitting in a very high horse before we started recording this episode. 
having a really hard time identifying any time in my life that I've been toxic. And then Dulce happened. She's like, bitch, let me tell you. Let me tell you about the, your toxic patterns. So, but before she gave me a chill pill, I actually was thinking about this when we decided to talk about toxicity and toxic people. I started thinking about myself and how I've been toxic in my life. And one of the very first examples that I could think of and that came to my mind immediately was how in the past, in past relationships, I allowed myself to stay there longer than I needed to stay. And I was toxic by not being able to set boundaries and be assertive about my needs and say, yeah, this isn't working, right? So I was more afraid of, I guess, being alone. And in that, I was very selfish and dragged this other person along my journey of not wanting to be along. So to me, that was one of the first things that came into mind, like when I thought about like, have I been toxic? And I was like, well, yes, you have. And this is what happened. And then I was like, but that's about it. That's, that's, that's as far as the extent of my toxicity. But then again, you gave me that chill pill and say like, no, bitch, you've been toxic before. And what about this? And what about that? And da, 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 da. And I was like, I guess. Because I asked people around me like, hey, give me an example of like, how have I been toxic? And the only thing that they could think of, and again, let me hop right back on the high horse, was of when I'm hungry and how hangry I get. And you don't want to be around me when I'm hungry. I get really stupid and just like annoying and just a bad mood. I don't think stupid is the right word. I think you get very feisty. We don't, you don't, you're not, you're a very um, strong woman when it comes to like your aura, your energy, who you are in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you get angry, that gets like magnified. (laughs) I'm not myself when I'm hangry. So, but that was my point. I was like, nah, that's not being toxic, though. I, I was arguing with this with my sister. Shout out, Dana. I was like, that's not me being toxic. That's just a basic need not being met, right? Like, if you're hungry, you are. Food is a basic need, Dulce. <laughs> so, if that's not being met, then I cannot, there's no way I can regulate and continue to function in my high brain, in my thinking brain. We'll talk about thinking brain and all that when we get to another episode because that's another can of worms. Yes. But what about you? How have you been toxic? I'm not even going to ask if you have. I'm just going to go ahead and assume. (laughs) Well, I am 120% on the other side of the spectrum where I acknowledge full-blown that I am indeed ridiculously toxic absolutely 100% been toxic in my life. I recognize my patterns to this day as we speak. I am very toxic. Look <laughs> at you owning your toxic. I am owning it. Um, but I do think it's important to acknowledge that before I start talking about all my flaws, um, not even flaws, I love them. Um, but before I get there, I do want to acknowledge the fact that even in your quote-unquote high horse, um, you are a very positive person. And and it is hard for you to identify your toxic patterns because I'm very picky about my friends. And so the people that I surround myself with are very positive, are people that when I hang out, I feel like you guys just 
gave me all this energy and I feel love and I feel all this positivity. And so I I don't think you're 100% right as far as being on a high horse because I do see you as a very positive person. Um, if you weren't, you probably wouldn't be my friend. <laughs> Just speak straight up. I told you I was toxic. You didn't believe me. <laughs> but but in reality, I I um as we move along with the elephant on the couch, I will open up a lot about things that I have experienced in my life. And I know that my toxic traits were reasons why these things happened. I'm not gonna say it's a hundred percent that, but I I've definitely, I look back and I'm able to identify how I could have, would have, should have done things different and how I failed to protect my space. So currently, after my 31 years of life, <clears throat> should have said 25, <laughs> I, I try to live a very like yogi life. And when I say yogi, I don't do yoga like that's not even something that I'm even close to but what I mean by yogi life I mean like I try to have a very balanced life um, I try to keep my house nice and my bills paid and I try to stay away from drama um, I actually isolate myself a lot and so with that being said I try to be in a neutral space. And so whenever something comes in and throws that off, I automatically like identify, oh, that's toxic. That's a toxic pattern. And it's sometimes really hard for me to get out of it because of my own patterns. But but I try to keep that as much as possible untouched. And sometimes I have to put myself on check to make sure that this continues to be balanced. Because like I said, I can be toxic and I can fall into these patterns uh, by matching other people's energy or by being triggered or whatever that the reason might be. And I have to put myself on check and be like, hey, Dulce, get out of that. Like snap out of it <laughs> or cry it out today. And then tomorrow, let's start again. But yes, I, I to answer your question, yes, <laughs> I am very toxic. <laughs> you're, you're ranked pretty high on the toxicity scale. Oh, yeah. We're going to go over like, patterns and and things that you can notice and I've definitely as we were going through them I was like check check Check. done that one before I don't want to see that Dulce again (laughs) yeah and I think like right now when you were talking and listening to you I was like well maybe I am another toxic pattern too is that denial piece of I'm not toxic or this isn't toxic like my inability to recognize when something is not serving me in a healthy, productive way. Like that that definitely is another toxic trait of, of mine. And again, I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to start go recognizing the them as we go down the list. Like, uh, <laughs> so let's do a, a quick check in at the end of the episode and see if my opinion changed <laughs> as far as where I'm ranking on the toxicity scale. A pre-test and a post-test. Yes. I'm so down. <laughs> So what are some of those toxic traits that we're talking about? One of the, and guys, full disclosure, we're not going to acknowledge it and go through every single toxic trait out there because it's just a long, take episode. It long Yes. And our episodes are long as it is already. So we're trying 
not to. The other thing, too, before we move on, is that this episode is supposed to be very lighthearted. So we're, I think the past episodes that we've had, we kind of like dove in into like very sensitive topics. And so we wanted to do a very lighthearted episode this time because we need a little break to like go up and laugh about stuff. So when we talk about these traits, we're not like pointing fingers. We're just kind of like, these are some things that you can spot. Right. One of the, some of the most common ones too. And again, we're not going to get through all of them, but these are the most common things. So the first one we have on the list is jealousy and jealousy. It's a big umbrella. So we're talking about jealousy in romantic relationships, jealousy in family relationships with friends, with coworkers, with every pretty much relationship out there, neighbors, even right. Keeping up with the Jonases and stuff like that. So people that are jealous in your life, if you have a significant other, that's always checking your phone, red flag, right? Don't spend, don't spend time with your friends. Don't go visit your family, red flag, making assumptions that you're always with someone else or again, questioning you. They are very black and white people as far as you always, or you never, right? Like you always go out with the friends. You never have time for me. Friends that question your loyalty and get mad at you because, Oh, why are you friends with so-and-so? Or they were my friends first. Right? People that uh, are envy, that, that have envy and then copy you st- your style. Again, it can be family, it can be friends, it can be the whole concept of keeping up with the Jonases where you buy a car and then the neighbor goes and buys the Same most recent car. model. Yeah. Yes. Uh, control in romantic relationships too, so that they look through every little thing that you're doing your social media and oh you like this guy's picture back in 2018 why did you do that or they ask you like give me let me your password or or even going um where are you at who are you with what are you doing like it takes it takes 10 minutes to go from the store to my house why did you take 12 <laughs> what is going my friends right there marcus i checked the map and it says 15 minutes and it's been 17 so if you have a side check on the side marcus i need to know <laughs> right or why are you liking that girl's pictures why are you um commenting on this person like there's a there's a line right like where you can actually be disrespectful in, in that sense but there are other things like really like are you really mad that i like i don't know the rock like is it really that big of a deal that i see this man's pictures on my instagram and i like heart him every time like it's not that big of a deal guys what are the chances that the rock is gonna invite you i mean i'm pretty good looking yo i'm just kidding if he actually sees me the possibility goes up you know what i'm saying (laughs) but i think like that piece of controlling the controlling part and the jealousy part doesn't have to just be your boyfriend i've definitely known people or I'm going to say clients who have had these issues with a best friend, right? Right. Or, or a cousin or a sister, like, well, why are you liking my best friend's pictures? Why are you commenting this person, but you didn't comment me? Why are you spending time with the next friend? And I wasn't invited. You know, it, it, it's okay to not be spending that much time with the one person all the time. Like it, it's okay to have other pieces to your life. <laughs> right. um, and it can even be like a trip, 
right? Like, oh, we're going to do all of this and this is how it's going to be. And this is how X, oh, Y, and Z, like everything show up to be like. Itinerary. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been one of those. <laughs> There you go. There's your first check on your toxicity. as I flip my hair. Right? Yeah. Um, but but it's it's about that control. It's about that power. It's about making sure that you're doing what I expect you to do. Right. And I like the part that you said that there is definitely times where it could potentially be something. Right. If I am sliding into a guy's DMs and saying like, "Hey, boy, what's up?" When I know damn well that I'm in a relationship, that is crossing that's that line of disrespect, right? right? But if it's just like a genuine a coworker, you like their picture just because it's a mutual thing. I'm talking social media specifically, right? It's as long as it's just that, and they your your significant other, your friends, or whoever makes this big deal out of you double tapping or like tapping on somebody's picture to like it that's just shining on their insecurities right and that's when it becomes that toxicity rather than an actual legitimate ex reason why someone might be upset right and and i think like that kind of bridges to the royalty mentality or the narcissistic self-centered um, and the reason why i'm saying that is because when you say you're being too jealous or you're being too controlling or this is getting out of hand you start seeing the light of like i didn't do anything wrong i just love you like this is my way of showing you love why does this bother you you know right. and, and and it starts like deflecting towards you being at fault so you start seeing that gaslighting like oh you're tripping you're crazy you're overreacting right. over nothing you know, or you start seeing the the manipulation piece where, where it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, you're right. And then they do it again. So I really like this like quote um, that I probably saw on Facebook, let's be real, on a meme. <laughs> but it said something like, when you know better, you need to do better. And if people are choosing to not do better, knowing that they're doing wrong, that's just straight up manipulation apologies without actions are straight up manipulation and to me that like really hit like a, a twitch in my brain because i i think like i give people the benefit of the doubt when they apologize but if you can apologize all day but if there's not a change in your behavior like you're just you're just being manipulative at this point right and it's and it goes back to what the example that we were using about that when you cross that line between actually being something versus just someone being toxic right? That can be that gaslighting too. That if my, if I like someone's, I slide into someone's DM and then I get caught and my significant other calls me out on it and I start gaslighting and say, what? You're crazy. You're psycho. I never did that. And it's all in you and you're psycho and you always do this. And I didn't do it. That the toxicity goes right back to them, right? Because now I am blaming them and putting it all right back on them and trying to manipulate that and twist the story so that it, it benefits me only without actually taking accountability and changing things like you said like apologies without change is just manipulation right and then there's this like i'm better than you i'm like this person you should be kissing my feet every time so why are you acting like this right like there's this like sense of like superiority and, and therefore, like, you asking and setting these boundaries and doing these things makes you wrong. And I'm right. Right. And, and that can also pour into, like, a co-worker relationship, right? Like, when there's a meeting and, and you give your opinion and 
you get like shut down by someone else. Oh, no, 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 no. I know, I know how to do it better. And they dismiss your opinion or what you have to do. Maybe your supervisor at work sometimes makes you feel that way too when it comes to that royal mentality. Or even the, the, I'm better than you in everything that I do. So let me one up you in everything. One uppers, man. That is a button. But and and that's like part of that narcissistic personality, though. That's part of the self-centered. I know better. Like, and and in every part of the word narcissism or self-centered, like it reflects in everything. Like, if a coworker gets a prize, I don't know, some sort of recognition, then you see this person kind of saying, like, "Man, I know you got it because I helped you," or "I, "I know you got it." And that's crazy because I'm doing the same amount of work that you are. You know, it's kind of like that. I I had this conversation once and and we were talking about that self-centered piece. And a a self-centered person is probably going to make it about themselves every time. And that's when the one-upper comes in. That's when the gaslighting comes in. That's when the manipulation comes in. So a really good example of that would be you know, Tanya, I know that you're getting your PhD. That's great. I've been trying to get my PhD for five years, but my life is just so hard. I, you know, and you end up like feeling this, like, what? I was talking about my own greatness happening. And now it's about (laughs) you and feeling sorry for you or whatever it is. It it just kind of feels like it gives you this feeling of like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm doing this. Like, I I can't really like very detailed what that is like but that's like the best example that I can give you when I'm thinking about that narcissistic piece right instead of celebrating you and saying good for you man like I'm, I'm trying like in the future I'm hoping I can do it myself too they're like oh well I was gonna do it too but this got in the way instead of just saying like a straight up hey well kudos good for you go get your phd girl i'll catch up to you eventually go get him honey hashtag go get him like go get him that empowerment really needs to kind of be there and and with like self-centered people you don't really see that um right. or if it is it's kind of like a backhand compliment right yes. i think that um in that same realm you get like that criticizing piece too like, ooh, you see this, like, really good-looking person coming in, and, and they're like, ugh, did you see her? That was too tight on her. Like, <laughs> Oh, the judgmental people. Yeah, and I think, like, it kind of happens, too, with, with that self-centered piece, right? Of, like, oh, I would never wear a shirt like that. I've done that right. too, but... <laughs> Was it me, the other person that you were criticizing? I'm just kidding. Oh, I envy everything about you. One day, I will cut you in pieces and eat your skin. Because oh, that's not creepy. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad this is recording and it's like, let the record show. I told you, whenever you give me a chance to make it creepy, I will 100% go there. Take it and run with it. But that is yeah. that is a good a good point too, right? Like the people that are very judgmental and not only like, towards you or someone else but it can be that group of friends and then they start talking about the other one behind their back because they're not there right now like if you and I are hanging out with them and we have a third friend that joins us sometimes and then she was busy and she couldn't come out with us to dinner or whatever and then you and I start talking about her like 
oh and yeah of course she didn't come because she's with the boyfriend and god forbid and we start like 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 talking shit about (laughs) the third friend or the fourth friend or whatever right that judgment piece yeah and i think it's about um like being fake that you talk bad about the person you do this you do that and then you turn around and you're like oh everything's great like bestie because i think there's like a level where you vent about the people you love i have i will accept 100 that i've vented about my mother you know or that i've vented about a close friend because it's like a lot to deal with at the time but that right. there's a difference in between venting and shit talking right yep and, and i've done it too right and it's a thing we all do it about uh, family members or friends or co-workers and of course when they're in the room you're not gonna say that to their faces but it was just like the venting or whatever but if you find yourself repeating this pattern and constantly having to bring the other person into the conversation when they're not even in the room that's when we probably need to check ourselves and see like, right oh, what's the right. what's the intent behind this conversation is it just like we're venting we're talking the conversation it came up or is it you intentionally are intentionally are trying to stir the pot and start some drama? Right, right, and it and it kind of goes hand in hand with like the gossiper person, the liar person, where they're going into this pattern of, oh, I'm gonna go talk about this person and talk about that person, and I'm gonna go tell the other person, and then now everybody has this horrible idea of this human. Yes, 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 yes. I cannot yes that one any anymore (laughs) yes because i've probably at some point been part of that dynamic with friends and i've seen it on other people too that i see friends and then i'm like where are you guys just talking shit about that oh got it never mind none of my business but i'm like i see you (laughs) right right and then and then the the worst part is the is the lying piece right because if you are talking bad about the other person and you're adding some more, this is like a little saying that we say in our family, like if you're adding more salsa to your tacos, you're just making up more stuff Damn, just to like throw some dirt on people. Like it gets it gets worse. And then you turn around and act like nothing happened. It's like, whoa. Right. I think that is a very toxic pattern. Uh, if you if you hash things out and you acknowledge it and you guys are cool, then so be it. That's awesome. Good for you. I'm glad that you're able to identify problems and hash things out. But if this continues to happen and it's like this back and forth of fake, like that, that's a pretty red flag. That's a toxic pattern, y'all. Yes, 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 yes. What about the people that have this victim, victim mindset that it's, Poor me, poor me, everything happens to me. You know what? I'm going to say something. I, It's very hard for me to deal with these people. And I'm going to tell you why. I can be there, be present, provide a shoulder to lean on, hear you out. I, I can be there. But I can only be there for a certain amount of time. Um. My story, as like I said earlier, we're going to go through all these episodes and I will disclose a lot about myself. And I am telling you, there's been times where I've been in that place. I know what it feels like. And that's where the empathy comes from. But I've never allowed myself to get to a point where I'm like stuck 
for a long time. And when I say I've never allowed myself is because I've been blessed to have support systems. So please do not take me as like the reason why people cannot survive. That's not it. But what I'm saying is it's really hard for me to sit there with a person who's constantly being the victim because I've been there and I I've survived it. And so it's really hard for me to like allow that continued pattern to happen. Right. And I think we acknowledge that piece, right? That there are people that unfortunately have had really difficult experiences and upbringings and whatever. So they are, they have been victimized a lot in their lives, but also they come to a, and also they they get to this point where you acknowledge that. And then what are you going to do about that? Right. About those cycles and breaking patterns and cycles and keep things from repeating. Or are you going to continue to drown, be on that victim role? Right. And I think like it really takes a lot of power away from you when you fall into that victim pattern, because now it's everybody's fault. You cannot acknowledge it. You cannot fix it. You cannot become something better because everybody else did it except right. you. And you're, and you're giving everybody like the control over your life too, right? You, you become this little puppet and the world is like, you're at their disposal they can do whatever they want with you because you're the victim in this story right with that you don't get some of that power back that you haven't had your whole life but if you continue this pattern you continue to allow people to dictate how the rest of your life is going to look right right and you're no longer owning it owning your your toxicity you're no longer owning what i could have should have done better you're kind of like just stuck because you're going to continue to drown unless you decide to do something about it. And it takes a lot of work. This is not an easy pattern to break. But I think like the importance of what I'm saying is please acknowledge it. Please take ownership on it. Don't beat yourself up for it. Just know that you can actually ask for help and move forward. That, that things can get better, right? And, and with that being said, I think there is also another trait of a toxic person that is very pessimistic and mm-hmm. they just complain and complain and complain the negative Nancy's of the world. I'm a toxic Tanya, full disclosure, now that I acknowledge and embrace it. Uh, the negative <laughs> Nancy's. I see the change now. See the I see the now. shift in your thinking pattern. I'm proud of you. About how people need to own their shit and work on it, I'm doing it myself here. <laughs> but no, but I, I think like that's a really tough spot to be in because you continue to provide lights at the end of the tunnel and they continue to turn them down. Right. No, 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 but I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. No, 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 I can't do that because you're like, God dang it, like this is all I can give you. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. else to do. You know what I think of if anybody out there listening has um, watched the movie uh, Inside Out, that they always, I think of sadness and how she walks through life just like a very mopey, like, oh, that's not going to work. Like, the sadness she needs to, to be, be like carried by joy the entire time. <laughs> She's yes. just like, my legs don't move, carry me. Yes, sadness is a negative Nancy role for sure for me no offense to any nancy's out there we're just using the nancy's it's a thing like i said negative nancy judgmental judy toxic tanya i do that all the time my bad but point is (laughs) don't let joy hang you (laughs) carry you around please no but your lives are going to get tired of your shit 
Right, right, right. And I think like that's the ownership part, right? Where you actually like make a conscious decision. I need help and I need to kind of like get up and do something about it. But if you're but if you're finding yourself constantly being that joy that's carrying on this this sadness, like we that is a red flag that this is probably a toxic person. Right. What about the most uh, the more like in your face toxic people that become actually aggressive, like physically aggressive people that get mad for no reason and they make it a point to prove to you that they are strong and powerful and it can be like they throw things around the house to make a point that punch holes in the wall they start fights like at the club at the bar if you're out and about with your significant other and then they start picking fights with everybody around them or slamming doors and whatever just to prove that point that look at what i did to them think about what i'm gonna do to you next right Right. i think like that's more towards the extreme side of things um but it can definitely escalate like you can start off with somebody who is a complainer we'll say or who's a liar or a gossiper and then it like yeah, and then it like transforms into jealousy and control, and then that transforms into like the lack of empathy, lack of sympathy, the lying piece, and gaslighting and manipulation. And the next thing you know, they're starting to intimidate you. Like it can go up. I mean, sometimes you might just meet them already at the point where they're in that extreme mode of like anger or like randomly picking fights, right? Where you you might just be having a great time and then all of a sudden like you looked at someone the wrong way and that's enough to like create a big scene and and have this and violence does not mean physical aggression guys like that's a big piece for me like you can be violent towards someone by telling them how ugly they are physical aggression does not equal violence it could be verbal aggression it could be gaslighting it could be diminishing it could be like there are plenty of ways that a person can be violent without having to be physically aggressive. Right. Even even the 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 way that they look at you, right? Like they can come you can come out and like, hey, let's go out to dinner and then you come out of the room wearing something and they give you this look and you're like, Oh, let me change real quick. Right. That that's one that's my look. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like the um angry face. You yes. just know things are about to go down. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> but I think, think we're, we're probably going to say the same thing. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to ask about friends. How can that more overt in your face personality when it comes to toxicity shows up in friendship? Because we're talking, I think that one's more like a line towards like a romantic relationship perhaps. But how can that show in a friendship? Like the more gets mad at you, more physical does it have potential to escalate to that? Absolutely. Point I think like I've I've heard about people who like friends, you know, it, it just in my practice where like normalizing violence is like super common. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just needed to beat the crap out of my sister. And then she was going to get over it. Like, whoa, why, wait, what? Like, yeah, like it, you know, yeah, like what no this is not healthy you know this is not typical this is not the normal like oh I just need to beat up my best friend and then she'll just get over it and then we're good like what (laughs) um or or I just need to teach her a lesson or I need to teach him a lesson you know and it's like whoa guys like 
I know that there is like a physical piece to humans and that physical aggression is something that feels I can say right, but that is not the way that you're supposed to solve things, I think. Right. So and I think we need to you need to be very cautious in that pattern, right? Like if and it can even happen where like your friend is intimidating you just by right. the look they give you because you said something wrong or you didn't fulfill an expectation that they might have had. Right. Or the group of friends that you guys go out to dinner, girls night, and then the moment they get two drinks in their system, now they start picking fights with everybody at the club. And now you're in this position where like your friends got drunk and got into a fight and now you guys are getting either kicked out of the club or you have to jump in and defend them. And if you don't, they're like, why didn't you? How dare you? You suck. Like you're the worst friend ever. Like, what? Yeah. I didn't come here to fight, girl. Or, you know, they start hitting on your boyfriend or significant other. I mean, I don't know, whatever that, your significant that other sound like a personal story. No, right? I'm not talking about personal things. Just kidding. I have never done that. Just kidding. Right. That was sarcasm. I really haven't done that. <laughs> but no, but it, I, I've seen that, you know, you get some, that jealousy piece, that control piece, like it could go through your significant other. Right. Like the, the the close friend, best friend, quote unquote, like get a couple of drinks in their system and then you start seeing this flirtatious pattern going on. That also has to do with control. That also and has to do with like trying to trigger you. So you're the crazy one. Right. And that probably is you might you might want to ask, check yourself on that one, because if they're doing that when they're drunk. It might mean some underlying that sober they also are attractive to your significant other, but they just needed alcohol. Um, what's the word? Valor. To get the courage. Yeah, the courage. There you go. Thank the you. <laughs> My Mexican keeps coming up. What about can, can both people be toxic in a relationship? Absolutely. I think that like when we talk about like these patterns and you acknowledge them and there's like this like I keep saying like but there's this pattern of, I cannot change this. This is part of who I am. Let me meet somebody who can match my crazy. Mm -hmm. like, you start seeing like this dependency in each other, codependency, right? Of, I can't live without that person because I'm never going to find somebody who's going to deal with my crap. Right. Or the people that say, like girls that, or even guys too, that say like, oh, I'm just attracted to the bad boy. Like the bad boys have a something like, ooh, they're so good looking with their leather jackets and their motorcycles. And by the bad. way, not every leather jacket person out there is toxic. But when I think, and maybe that's just me stereotyping like of the bad boy, right? Or now with Instagram, things have changed too. You get a whole nother level where, what a bad boy My bad boy is back in the day were cholos. What's up, right. honey? How you doing, oh. Pelon? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but there is such thing, right? Or or people that just own that toxicity and they're like, Well, take me as I am and he if he loves me, he's gonna put up with this. You know what my 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 thing was when I was youngest younger was I'm too much to handle. So I need somebody oh. who can handle me. How you doing? The whole if you don't if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Oh my god, I've totally said that in one of my oh, captions, in one of my that. pictures. Oh, <laughs> Probably the last six months. <laughs> well, let's go back and edit that and put like edit 
Actually, this is my toxicity speaking. You do not need to handle me on my worst and deal with my crap. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I, yeah, I am hashtagging that. You do not need to deal with my crap. No, but I... I do, I do think that there's like, like I said, I have been very toxic in the past before and I'm sure that this person's still there. Um, but knowing that, and, and I think like I had this stereotype or this idea that in order for somebody to handle me, that person needed to be strong and like right. low key mean. And what I'm, what I'm noticing now, oh, my babe with the relationship that I'm in now, I realize that it's actually the entire opposite. <laughs> in order to handle my crazy, there needs to be kindness and love and nurturing and patience. Right. So and just so we make it clear, no one has to deal with your crazy. If you acknowledge that you are full of shit and toxicity and you're willing to work on it and they support you through your own healing and they're there for you, that's healthy. You say yeah. they have to put up with me and develop me not healthy right 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 because there is no man or woman who are anybody's therapist guys we get paid for this you shouldn't be that for your significant other at all (laughs) (laughs) here's my personal email Eh? yes so let's go a little bit into like the reasons why this happened or i guess the excuses what people use to continue their toxic patterns full disclosure I hate capital H when people say, well, I'm a Gemini or I'm a Scorpio, whatever. I don't know. I don't speak horoscope because I don't do that. But I it, I don't know. You literally said hate. So that means that you really don't speak horoscope. Something about <laughs> that really triggers me that people use that as an excuse for crapping on other people with their Well, behaviors. and I, on the other hand, I am very much... Um, connected to the horoscope piece <laughs> you're not a scorpio I'm not, you are not a scorpio i'm a capricorn and i do believe in a lot of the patterns and i like to read it and i have like this really nerdy thing when i'm dating someone <laughs> i like look at their horoscope and then i see our compatibility i know i'm toxic <laughs> but i i don't excuse how i am because of my horoscope or my zodiac sign it's the appropriate term i do think that like capricorns there's like a pattern or an idea of capricorns being super toxic um but i cannot say like oh i'm this type of way because i'm a capricorn i i think like there's you can say like oh i have these patterns and that's my capricorn coming out and that's okay but i cannot use it as an excuse i have to own my own crap like i have to own my behaviors and my mentalities and my own demons i can't just sit here and blame it on something i think another one that we can say that kind of goes hand in hand is culture right it's because i'm mexican that's why i'm like the way i am yeah there's this like (laughs) and there's that misconception that if you date a latina be ready. Okay. Yeah, we're waiting for you with the shank, man. After we cook you some bomb ass tacos. Like- <laughs> yes. Let me beat the crap out of you and, and emotionally abuse you, but then I'm going to make you some pozole right after that. Right. I Actually, I just tagged uh, my comadre, which shout out to my comadre. She's like one of the most loyal listeners out there. 
but I just tagged her on a meet where the girl's like, I mean, I know I told you I hated you and I told you I was going to kill you and I ran you over with my car going 100 miles per hour. But baby, we're good. I love you. I'll make you some tamales and we'll be fine. Like there's this stereotype, right, of like the crazy Latina. And I think that there are cultural patterns that enforce that, like the woman stays in the house and the man goes out and parties and they don't have to give you any reasons why that machismo piece. But I don't think like that's a good enough excuse for you to not own that you're like being psycho. Right. <laughs> it is not okay to run over your significant other with a car going 100 miles per hour and telling them that you hate them. Right. So <laughs> I, I think that there are like patterns and environmental things that affect you, but I don't think that this should be an excuse for you to not own your shit. Right. And I think age also plays a role into that. Right. I, I, I mean, at 30 something years old, I probably have changed. I, I would hope. Right. That, I mean, maybe I was a little more toxic in the past and then I am not so much toxic no more. I think age definitely does play maturity. Of course. You would I think that maturity goes hand in hand with life experiences i don't necessarily think it goes hand in hand with with age because you can have a 50 year old person who continues to have an experience of a 22 year old you know and and if and if there is some sort of privilege where they don't have to have any kind of hardships that pulls like pushes them to really acknowledge their toxicity then you're gonna have a 50 year old that doesn't do anything yes Mm-hmm. Valid. I, I like that. I think it is more experience rather than the actual biological number in your age. So speaking of bio- biology, where does this toxicity come from? I think one of the, for me, when I see toxic patterns in adults and young adults, I always think about what need wasn't met for this person. I always think of someone super toxic as an adult and see a little toddler at the grocery store stumping his feet and legs and arms on the ground because he wants an ice cream, right? And I, I keep using the term he, so or he, he or she. So I'm throwing this little tantrum in the middle of aisle seven at the store because I want ice cream and my mom won't get it for me. That's the equivalent of me getting into a fight with my significant others, with my significant other later down the road that need wasn't met. That personality trait I developed from unmet needs in my childhood. That little girl throwing a tantrum is this little girl getting in a club, in a fight at the club or being jealous of my friends or being controlling of my partner and my relationship. And I, I think it's a mixture of both, to be honest, because there is data out there, research, like legit research, not us Googling things. <laughs> Like legit PhD level research that shows that your brain, your DNA changes based on your experiences. So if you have generational trauma, which means from family member to family member to family member over the years, there has been this pattern of trauma or this pattern of living, whatever that might mean, your children, like there are children that are born with these insecurities. Like there are children that are like, am I good enough? Because that's been, or shame has been a pattern that's been going on for generations. Right. So I think it's a mixture of that biological piece, but also the fostering of the parent. Like, 
are we reinforcing that emotion that you're not good enough or are we changing or shifting the path? Right. I was listening to a podcast one time about that, about narcissistic personalities. And one of the examples that they gave is how every parent out there probably has a, a baby or child, little toddler or whatever, when they're getting ready to go to kindergarten, that for six years, you've been telling this creature how amazing and wonderful and unique and special they are. And that gets engraved in their little brains. And then they go to kindergarten or preschool with 20 more kids that are also special like them that are also unique in their own way. So there is this not aligned idea of like, wait a minute, I was the special one. What do you mean you're special too? And if that doesn't get uh, explained and you don't continue to reinforce that pattern of like, well, yes, you are special, but there's also everyone else is special around you. Right. That's how they, you can, um, raise someone that's pretty narcissistic and self-centered if you continue to reinforce like no 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 you're still very unique like no they're not special well you're the special. i actually on the other hand on a different on the other side of the token i was hearing uh i don't not a podcast but i was hearing a ted talk because i love ted talks um about narcissistic personalities and how there is a higher reward for their work and a lower, and I'm, and I'm talking about emotional recognition when I mean reward. There's an emotional recognition for their good work, so their good grades or their trophies or the way they look. And there's a very lower reward when it comes to connection. So there's this like expectation of being the perfect child and getting that idea reinforced, that specialty that you're talking about. But then there's no like emotional connection when they make a mistake. It's like a full-blown ignoring, ignoring the child. The Shame. child no longer exists because you didn't do what I expected you to do. So right. that lack of connection of like, it's okay that you made a mistake. I still love you. Peace can really shift a brain into believing that they're perfect. And if they make an imperfection, it doesn't really exist because my parents ignored it the entire time. Right. And and with that said, like, I think this is a really good segue to our next point. Like a narcissistic person can really stretch, right? Like they can really get to a pattern where they will convince you that they've changed. And maybe they can start shifting a lot of the things that they're thinking. But when they're under high stress, when they're back to being vulnerable, they go back to the world evolves around me and you need to kneel down to my presence. Right. So you have to be really careful when you're dealing with somebody who is manipulating you or being narcissistic because you won't even notice that they're that until you really get to know them. And it could be like six months, a year, two years, five years down the line. And you have to really dig deep into their personality to really notice it yeah but i think i think it is a lot of uh, a mixture of things like you were saying like we were saying the environment uh, what the experience is growing up the family chaos if it's the norm to yell and, and and be toxic and be abusive you grow up thinking that that's okay and that's acceptable and that's how you're going to treat people around you too right and then when they get consequences it's not their fault because that's what was normal yeah. So I there think... is there is a thing as as far as like people not acknowledging that they right because can you be toxic and not knowing? 
Absolutely. Right? Especially if you meet a person or friends or family who continue to reinforce this pattern. Right? Like if you're a yeller, and and, and when I mean yeller, I don't mean like having a, a really high-level voice. I mean like you yell at everything and you make other people feel like crap. And you meet a significant other who also rejoices in yelling and making people feel like crap. And then you both think, oh, we're perfect for each other because we, we're both shit. <laughs> Like, because that's really what it comes down to, right? You say like, oh, he or she or whatever you want to, they feel, um, they yell just as much as I do and they are okay with yelling as much as I do. We fit together. There is no necessity in us changing this pattern. Then it continues to be that generational pattern. Right. And, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes life and support systems and love really kick in and make you shift and make you really sit back that that would be my personal experience and say oh my god i i effed up this pattern was not helpful what do i need to do different but then you have other people like i've had clients that are in their late 60s coming to therapy changing quote unquote because they're alone and they want to know what they did wrong with their life and and i know while we're having session that they're lying to me like when they say, like, I really want to change. No, you don't. I can tell. You're telling me everything I want to hear so that you can make yourself feel better about coming to therapy and tr- switching it and dying at peace. Right. It goes back to that narcissistic self-center. Like, I did my best only. Oh, well, the world is still unfair. I tried. Right. Right. And I think, like, it's important for people to acknowledge that, that there are people that have the potential to change, but that takes a lot of self-awareness. It takes a lot a huge loss. Like I am telling you, I had to mourn my toxic self. I had to sit there and feel the poison of who I was and cry it out and say, you are not coming into play until I need you. Because I love her. I love that Dulce. She's awesome. In the sense that she will make sure my boundaries are set. (laughs) The Dulce that you're talking to right now is probably not going to set any boundaries. I'm probably right. just going to let you walk all over me. Yeah. But the others would say. That's something that I typically use with clients sometimes. That parts therapy approach where I, we explain. And the way I explain it to them is I'm hoping that everybody here is familiar with soccer. So a soccer team has a ton of different players. I don't know how many because I don't do soccer. But <laughs> let's say you have like nine <laughs> players, right? And they're all on the bench and you put whoever you need in the field. And then there is that little toxic Tanya sitting on the bench. And I don't need her for this play because I'm in a work meeting in a conference where I need to be professional. So I bring the professional Tanya into the field and she's running the play. But I might, in my, in at some point in my life, I might need that toxic Tanya to come out and play because it's just a matter of survival and safety and whatnot, right? And she comes out and I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going to get me in further trouble. So you need to take a chill pill. You need to go sit down and bring the more assertive, still assertive and firm, but not so toxic. Maybe a low-key bitch, like I've been told I am. By- <laughs> I don't know by who. Yes. <laughs> But it's that player, right? So the the beauty of it is, like you were saying, there is potential. There is hope. People can change. But the first big step will be to acknowledge that you're being toxic, take a nail, like you said, and then figure out which player needs to come into each dynamic of your life. Yeah. And I... The toxic one in the bench. And the toxic one, actually, 
comes in when I need her to. And, and that's why I have no issue being told that I'm a bee. I have no issue with you telling me that I'm a witch and that I am this horrible person. When I get to a point where you are saying that is because you did something to earn that. When I get to a point where a person tells me you're a horrible friend, you're going to die. Karma is going to come and get you. I sit there and I'm like, you're welcome. I did what I could for the community. <laughs> that means that I got pushed so far off with my happy player, my kind player, that the that the crazy loser had to come out. Right. And and she's not as crazy as she was before. I was able to tame her a little bit, but she can definitely come in and take over the defense right. and, and set it straight. But I think that's the bottom line, right? To acknowledge that we all have that player. He or she is sitting on that bench and it's come out probably for some people more than for others, but it's about getting control of that and telling that player to chill out and sit down and I don't need you right now. That's when change happens. Right. So I think. Uh, into, go ahead. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. How do you. How do you feel, you know, when, when, when that player is out all the time? Right. Yes. So th the next point would be, how do you personally recognize when you are surrounded by this toxicity in your life and I guess what to do about it? Right. So I think one of the biggest things for how can you recognize that you are surrounded by toxic people is that feeling of just exhaustion like you're like exhausted Ugh. at all times drained completely you're walking on eggshells you cannot be yourself around these people because if you do they're gonna snap at you or criticize you or judge you or say something you're probably finding yourself making excuses like i i notice that with healthy people i can make mistakes and say i'm sorry i made a mistake or dude i forgot to do this and there's grace But with right. toxic people, you can't do that. Like, oh, I made a mistake. What do you mean you made a mistake? What What's wrong with you? You don't think I was sitting here waiting for you to, you know, like there's this like pressure. I definitely find myself when I'm around um, some sort of toxicity. It doesn't have to be a specific person. It could just be the vibe running my mouth. Like I get into this like shit talking mm. dilemma of like either I'm talking shit about people or I'm, I'm finding myself like, trying to one-up them in some way like oh you got me fucked like you know like it just so comes out like where i'm like trying to to like be head to head with this person and like you match you feel like you need to match their toxicity level. right right i find myself doing that and then after the fact i'm like whoa what just happened like when i get back into my car and i put my feel good songs or i see my daughter or I, it's something that like kind of levels me or grounds me i'm like whoa, what just happened today? Like, I just spent an hour talking smack to this person. Right. You know, or talking bad about X thing or talking bad about Y or finding myself trying to show that I'm good enough. Right. If you're starting to match that pattern with your significant other, if they keep checking on you and controlling you and questioning you about your social media and whatnot or who you go out with, and then you find yourself, well, what about you? You went out with the boys last week. You find yourself doing that and trying to match that toxicity, like you're saying, with your partner or even with friends. That's probably that pettiness. A sign that you, yeah, 
that's probably a sign that you are surrounded by this and you are even subconsciously sometimes just going there and meeting them there at that same level. I think the one thing that I like puts myself on check is by saying I'm not petty like that. I keep I keep like saying that whenever there's an argument or a thing like that, whether it's with family or friends or whoever. And I continue like that's my way of checking myself. I'm not petty like that because I know damn well that player we were talking about earlier is very petty and she will screenshot some conversations on my camera right. <laughs> and send them and highlight in red and say, you said that at three o'clock on Monday. Um, <laughs> but that's not healthy, right? Like having to keep tabs like that. So my way of like checking myself on it, it's saying I'm not petty like that. I don't keep tabs like that because I know damn well I can. Right. So right. those of you, those of you listening, right, if you find yourself doing that, you find yourself doing that, screenshotting, circling things, going through their Instagram pages, their social media, trying to hack their Gmails to find out who's emailing them. If you find yourself walking on eggshells, changing your clothes, joining the drama when you're out with friends, oh, you find yourself surrounded by like yo-yos where your need it's not met because it's always about them and they always pick the restaurant to go to you find yourself avoiding people even right you're like oh i can't today because you genuinely don't want to go out with this group of people because they just drain you that's a sign that probably if you're making excuses to not hang out with someone that probably you should probably check yourself and say like well do i even want to continue to keep these people in my life Right. I Well, and I think like a big piece to that is boundaries. Like this is us telling you what to do. <laughs> You've identified the, the toxic pattern. You have identified the whatever environment, culture, emotion. Right. You're, I think the big bucks is setting boundaries. It's when you have to say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't like that. It, it's very much like being clear and assertive about it. This makes me feel sad and I don't like it. Stop. Like today. That's, um, that's a big one. When when we talk about what to do about this toxic people, right there, that is your biggest best friend ever. Boundaries, assertiveness, and a very strong no muscle. And and seriously, um, being not being able to set those boundaries, it's a toxic trait in itself. Because when you're not setting those boundaries, you're telling the aggressor that their aggression is okay. You are no longer taking a step about being kind because you're not even being kind to your own self. At this point, you're just being passive, honey. You're letting everybody walk over you. Check. And I and I've said that to <laughs> I've said that to very close people in my life where I'm like, you know what? If they need to think that you're a witch, then you need to let them think you're a witch, honey. Because right. If you're not setting those boundaries, you're being toxic to the most important person. And that is you. That is you 100%. And I'm guilty of that or just being, like I said, my example of how I consider myself toxic in the past was exactly that. Me being passive and not being assertive about what I needed and how I felt at that moment. So that's definitely, I was abandoning myself and just staying in something that wasn't healthy for me anymore. So you and have that, to be able to recognize that, that you are yeah. being, first of all, you are allowing people to continue to walk all over you if you don't do anything. Right. And you, and you, and it's a snowball effect. 
It doesn't get better. People don't just wake up one day and say, oh, she was so kind. She let me walk all over her. No, she said, people say, oh, I can walk all over this person. I'm gonna call her right now because I can do that and I can just release all this nastiness on her. And they or want him. It, and they, or they have it the next time, right? If it was just right. something, the next time they try a little harder to push your limits to see where your boundary is at, and they're gonna keep pushing and pushing and pushing if you don't, uh, if you're not strong about. And then it, that turns into internalization, where you start feeling like, well, I'm not good enough, I'm not worth it, that's why I get treated like this, and then ta-da, you have depression, full blown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I think like it's important as you're setting boundaries. Let's normalize the fact that toxic people are going to flip out about your boundaries. You're going to be a horrible person. You're going to be this bad guy in the picture. You're going to be, you know, it'll look like you just started a wrath. Right. Wrath You're going to be the... Winter the, is coming. I don't know what that is. Is that from... Uh, GOT, I think. I don't even watch the show, but I've seen the memes. So I just... But Anyways. it's gonna. But it is gonna look like that if it's if it, if it's in a group of friends that dynamic, and you recognize and acknowledge that it doesn't serve you any good anymore, and you walk away from this group of friends, they're gonna say, "Oh, she thinks she's too good for me now," right? Like they are gonna make it about. They're gonna gaslight you again. It's all gonna be on you because you are you're doing something you're changing something so that's going to make them feel uncomfortable so they're going to fight you on that if you're trying to be assertive right. and set boundaries they're going to fight you because that is their role and they will not tell you i need you please come back they'll say that afterwards once you've like kind of like gotten some control right and that's when that's the manipulation piece comes in and you if the, if you see that be careful because when they come back and say i'm sorry you were right yada 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 and you fall back into that pattern and they continue to be toxic you have yourself a really good manipulator and that's when boundaries are no longer needed now you really need to cut ties right and that's a big one because sometimes we stay in relationships with the hope that things are going to change or expecting that closure of that that apology whatever that might be and sometimes like we said before toxic people don't see their behavior as a problem they're so broken themselves that they they don't have the capacity to see this as a problem and so they're never going to give you that apology they're never going to give you that closure that you need so the best thing that you can do for yourself is walking away gracefully and understanding that you tried your best and that you're doing this for yourself and that again you are at the end of the day having your own back which is the one person that matters the most right i think like when I've and this is why my circle of friends is so selective it's not that I'm judgy it's not that I'm sitting here saying oh you fit the profile come on no the the circle of friends that I have have been friends that have been my friends for longer than three years or so and everybody in that circle is very comfortable being positive and the reason why I am picky about my friends is because I can fall into that toxic pattern and match their energy. So if I do that, I am doing a disservice to myself. And that's why I start cutting ties whenever I see this toxic pattern. Because at the end, that depression piece I was talking about, that's me. <laughs> Internalizing things because I let people walk all over me. Hello. How you doing? That's me. So it's important to really be aware that 
in cutting ties, in doing all these things, you will be the bad guy. And it's important that you are picking people who are going to be okay with that boundary setting, who are going to bring this positive side to you. Right. Because and if you it, continue to bring the toxic people in, honey, you're always going to have. Right. But even if they're they're not able, they're not gracefully letting you go and give you that closure, like I said, sometimes they're going to fight you and you just let them fight by themselves. Right? Because sometimes people are going to continue to judge you and give whatever opinion as of why you walked away. And that's fair. That's on their narrative. So for their chaotic, dysfunctional narrative, it fits that it doesn't fit your narrative no more you're going towards a more healthy happy mindset and so those two are not aligned anymore so they can stay there and the reality is everybody's everybody's toxic like let's be real everybody's toxic like we all have a pattern of toxicity so i think it's important to acknowledge like people being okay with being called out on their toxicity example today me telling Tanya she was on a high horse just kidding yes um and being able to take that L and say you know what dude you're right I I you're right I didn't I didn't acknowledge that what I was saying was hurtful so I'm sorry that was hurtful we're not going to do that again that's a healthy pattern and that's not necessarily um saying that one person or another is more toxic everybody's toxic it's about you and what you're doing about it with the people you love Right. And if that person, like I said earlier, is willing to acknowledge their dysfunction and their toxic patterns and willing to put in the work and change themselves and support you through your own healing of your toxicity, then by all means, join those two wonderful, amazing things and move on. But if it's people that are not willing to acknowledge it, then leave them behind. Be Bye, Felicia. Leaving people behind. Bye, Bye Felicia. Their asses. Yes. <laughs> I love when you say that. By Felicia, their asses. Hashtag by Felicia, their asses. <laughs> yes, let's by Felicia, so, their ass. So I think that's a good point to end, right? I think we covered yeah. a lot of things. Uh, the again, biggest thing takeaway for me is we're all toxic, but there is also hope into changing. Absolutely, absolutely. It's about acknowledging it and moving on. Acknowledge your elephant, people. Put it on the couch. Work on your toxicity. Whoop, whoop. I right, like well, that. Thank you. Yes. Well, so we're, let's let's wrap it up on that one. Let's put a bow because that was pretty. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you stuck to the end, to <laughs> that's a very Tanya thing to say. That's a really Tanya thing to say. Sprinkle some glitter on it. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you stuck through the whole hour plus today, we appreciate you. You are a trooper. The people keep running, send- comadre. Yes, you got this. The people sending us feedback, sending us uh, messages about our episodes and whatever. Thank you. It means the world to us. That's the whole idea behind this, guys. We just want to put our two cents out there and hopefully it resonates with some of you guys. Yes. And we have the two cent um, thing we rolled out last episode. So please, 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 please uh, feel, feel comfortable in sending us your dilemma, your issues, your patterns. And once we start receiving those, because we haven't received anything yet, um, we will give uh, take more time than what we usually do to talk <laughs> about it and give you our two cents on, on yeah. that. So yeah. as usual, follow us on social media, Facebook, The Elephant on the Couch, Instagram. The Elephant on the Couch, Gmail. 
the elephant on the couch at gmail.com. <laughs> Rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify. Please add a review. Feel free to tag us on whatever post you make. And we will promote it because it makes us happy. Yes. And we'll see you next week. Talk and by see you, you I mean hear you. <laughs> hear us. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope this was the start of the conversation for you and know that you're not alone in whatever journey you're walking. We know these discussions might bring up some challenging emotions or thoughts. So please remember that although this is a safe space to start your healing process, it is not meant as a replacement for therapy. So please reach out and seek professional help. You're not alone. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant on the couch. Until next time. Thank you.